Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11. So, yeah, there you go. 11. I thought it was 12. I thought it was 11. Because wasn't I just doing this last episode? No, I think we talked about that you would have to do it the next episode. Oh, darn it. I, I don't remember. Well, if it is welcome so, to means... the latest episode of Get the Flick Out of Here. <laughs> hey, the more that we do, the more we get paid for them. So that's good. Hey, I'm Alex Belowski, and this is Kate. That's me. I'm Kate. Uh, yeah, Kate Elizabeth. Uh, uh, we do a show here on the Know Your News channel uh, called Get the Flick Out of Here, uh, which is all about watching weird and different, different. Watching different movies, diff, 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 uh, you know, uh, just special, still different, unique, uh, diff, yeah, unique, unique movies, um, weird, dumb, wacky, uh, types of movies. And, uh, um, wouldn't you know it, <clears throat> this week, um, we had, uh, some requests from the boss man. It was like, Big I, want man. Do, I want you to do these. And I'm like, well, who are we to say no? Because you pay us. Uh, and and so the first one that he had requested was one that we decided we were going to do today because it is free to stream. So the easiest way that helps. done. That uh, helps. It helps. It helps. Um, it's a little flick called UHF. Um, I was two years old when it came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was much older than that. So. Uh, <laughs> you were four and a half years old when I it came out. I was. My goodness. Much older than that. So um, <laughs> the the thing about um, the whole, like, UHF is such an odd thing that like you would even name a movie that now looking back on it yeah because there's that's not a thing that even comes close to existing anymore um but uh my parents had an old tube black and white tv with an actual dial like don't touch that dial was an actual thing and it was a there was there were two dials actually um and you would and you could either turn the dial to like find the channel, the broadcast channels. I know that where I grew up, the broadcast channels that we got were 13 was CBS and nine was ABC and five was NBC. And that was it because that's how old I am. Um, uh, and later, I guess there was a Fox channel. Um, but it wasn't when I was, when I was young. Um, and then there was this whole other dial that was UHF and it said right above it, UHF. And if you turned the main dial to like zero straight up and down, um, uh, you could then turn all the UHF channels. And I remember sitting there with this tiny little tube, black and white TV, just going, Click, 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 click. And there was something different on all of these channels. But it was always really bad, like badly tuned in. 
because it was we lived far away from any of these broadcasting stations. So my first experience with UHF was like all this weird, garbled, like badly um, pixelated uh, TV um, on this tiny little black and white television. And the idea about what, what UHF was, was VHF is the original broadcasting stations. And then UHF was all the other ones, like 13 through 83 or something. And uh, and for a while in the 70s and 80s, that was where all your like independent television was, like cable access and all this kind of stuff was. Before cable access, there was UHF. And these little stations, every major city would have several UHF stations. They would broadcast weird little things like like interviews of random people and stuff. Um, and it is so foreign to think about now because that's just not what that is. Um, uh, but I have thought about uh, what it's the most similar to. If you have a streaming TV or a, or like a, 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 a Roku box or whatever, and you go, I would like to add more streaming channels to, to my, my streaming TV. Um, you can go and you'd add all these random little niche things that are from all over the, the web. Like, this is a thing. And that's what UHF kind of was. Like, you could find a little channel that had random crap on it. Um, and maybe you had no interest in it, but it's out there. Um, and that's the closest, I think, that exists now to what UHF was then. Um, and then when they, uh, when TV made the full switch to digital, like UHF just disappeared. Um, but it was had fallen out of favor long before then with the advent of cable. Um, but before everybody had cable, there was this thing called UHF. And for some reason, in 1989, they made a movie about it starring Weird Al Yankovic. That so endeth the lesson about the history of UHF. That's it. That's the whole podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so I, being so young yes. and fresh and hip. A baby. A literal um, baby. But the first thing I knew of UHF was the song UHF from this movie mm -hmm. and the music video that went with it and my dad explaining to me what it was a parody of and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, that was my first window into UHF. And then my dad explained to me some of the stuff that you just told me. Um, but I, I didn't know what any of it was, but I loved Weird Al growing up. I had several cassettes. Mm -hmm. If you are not, old enough to remember UHF, but old enough that you remember cassettes. That's my, <laughs> that's where I fit mm -hmm. in on the spectrum. Um, but I just like, and there were some songs I didn't even know what he was probably talking about or what songs he was originally parodying, but I loved Weird Al um, loved it. growing up and loved it. still do, honestly. Like, I think he has such a special place in music and music history um and just like i don't know he has a, a very carved out special place in my heart weird out for some reason like i always just even when i was a little kid like was so before we had the five cd changer i had weird al 
tapes along with the Lion King soundtrack and Aladdin soundtrack and what else? Mariah Carey fantasy, I think. Um, so a fun, a fun array in my household <laughs> for things like that. But, but yeah, that was all before I knew what UHF even was. I knew of the music video parody that's in this movie and the movie before I knew what UHF television was a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I, I went through my weird Al phase as, as I think so many adolescent boys do. Um, especially if you grew up in that era, uh, because that was, that was, that was some prime weird Al. That was when, when he re uh, released the nevermind spoof album, which had great things in there. Like obviously, uh, smells like Nirvana as opposed to smells like teen spirit and the white stuff, not the right stuff, which was all about eating Oreos. Um, some of those things were really, really simple. Um, Amish paradise is like a top 10 for me. Right. And that, that was, that was, that was later. That was when he got, yes. like, but, but before, like in the eighties, he was releasing uh, like two or three albums a year. Oh like he was just cranking out these brilliant parody songs. Um, Fat from Michael Jackson's bad. Uh, like it's so, so many. I mean, and you're like, right. They were like album after album after album. I think he thought he was going to capture a moment in time, but his career just continued, which is yeah. kind of cool. It was, yeah, it's, no one's like, I, I, um, I saw him in, in, I went and saw him in concert, uh, <laughs> uh, in like the, the late nineties. And it was just, just crazy to me how, like how, how much energy he had as a performer too, like running around the stage from accordion to accordion, like changing costume and going crazy and playing all these instruments um, while his band just what mimicked perfectly 10 different kinds of, of, of music. Like that's really hard to do. You can be a really great rock band, but you, it's hard to be a really great rock band and a really great polka band. Like that's hard to do, but they 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 were able to do it because uh, it's it's what they did. Um, I think people drastically underestimate with comedy like that how important it is that you're good mm -hmm. as musicians because you can't be the joke and in control of the joke at the same time. No. You get one or the other, and right. like if he had a shit voice, it wouldn't work. If his band sucked, it wouldn't work because they would be the butt of the joke. But they are. You have to be really, really good as musicians in order to stay in control. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I mean, I don't know. For those of you who don't know, Weird Al Yankovic is the greatest parody songwriter in the history mm -hmm. of the world, um, and uh, and that's that's what he's his claim to fame was. But he also wrote a lot of his own stuff. But but it, it came to a point where some of the stuff that he was originally parodying um was before my time and i had never heard some of the originals that he was parodying uh until later much much later so i knew that a lot of his stuff was original works and so i would i, I would go through life assuming that one song or another was a thing he had wrote himself and then later I heard the actual song and said, what? 
because the I remember I thought that what a what a brilliant song uh, was that he came up with out of whole cloth by himself just off the top of his brilliant noggin. I lost on Jeopardy. It's a brilliant <laughs> song, but it was like six or seven years later that I first heard the song "Our Loves in Jeopardy," and I thought to myself. Well, of course he wrote that song. Of course he wrote the song because the original is so ridiculous to begin with. It, it begs to be parodied. Asking for it, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it, and and some of the stuff is just it's so uh, the because you have you got the perfect cadence and sometimes like the rhymes match, like it's it's um, even just the production, like all of it. So it's it's, so it's pretty crazy. And this is the thing about UHF that I think hurts the movie. They only have Weird Al sing one song during the during the film. Weird Al plays a guy who's not a musician. This is the weirdest thing about it. They said, let's try and make Weird Al Yankovic noted musical parodyist into a movie star and not have him play a musician or a singer or any of it. Um, and that's a bad decision on their part. Like if the movie was a musical or if he was playing a person who did music, I think, I, I think that, that it may have been more successful. And I don't know if this was like a plan to like make Weird Al a mainstream movie star to help him sell albums or what, but it showed a lot of his comedy chops, like the idea, the, the weird bonkers ideas that he had kick around his brain that didn't need necessarily to be set to music, but um, which is all well and good. And yet I think the strongest thing that he does in the entire movie is the one song that he sings um, because it's a it's one of his very best parodies. It's a parody of uh, "Money for Nothing" and "Chicks for Free" uh, by Dire Straits, uh, but he turns it into basically the Beverly Hillbillies song. It's so good. Uh, instead of "I want my I want my I want my MTV," he says, "Beverly, Beverly." Mm -hmm. Beverly Hillbillies, and he just sings the actual Beverly Hillbillies lyrics. In Hills, that is. <laughs> song, which doesn't even make any friggin' sense. And it's so great. And the video is such a perfect, perfect parody of the original Dire Straits <sighs> video. Like, it's so great. And it's just a dream sequence in the movie. He falls asleep at work and he has a dream that he's the lead guitarist of Dire Straits singing the Beverly Hillbilly song. But like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, like it just, it's a thing. It's, it's fine. It's fun to watch, but it's like, we'll talk more about the whole arc of everything, but that stands out to me as being like, well, that's your movie. Figure out a way to make yeah. that into the movie. 
and have him do weird things like like have him be a guy who's like who's struggling to be an actual musician but then decides to like play a cover of a song at, at some random bar mitzvah or whatever but he doesn't remember the lyrics to the song and he comes up with his own on the fly and all of a sudden that shoots him into like local stardom and then regional stardom and then all of a sudden he's playing the tonight show and he has no idea how he got there and then you could do kind of this is actually would predate the thing that i'm talking that they should parody but i think they would have been smart enough to figure it out how to do it anyway you do behind the music like an actual live behind the music with all the people being like because what is behind the music if not uh basically like taking this is spinal tap and oh, turning it into no. an actual thing yeah and so you basically do this is spinal tap but with weird al yankovic and all of his buddies like yelling at each other doing drugs uh and sleeping with with, with promiscuous women on the tour bus yelling at each other about what song they should parody next like i think you could have really made weird al into an interesting household name by making the movie closer to what he actually was as an artist as opposed to let's make a movie not at all about this and cast weird al yankovic in it well i think he was part right like he was one of the writers of the movie mm -hmm. so um maybe that was like a decision he made but there's also even in this movie there's so many side avenues for more songs he could have written because there's like there's such an emphasis on him using his imagination we'll get more into it but like essentially they lean into this insane wacky programming as a way to boost their ratings and you could have easily had him doing some sort of like weird musical or something like there's there are opportunities in what they presented already for him to have more music in it so whether they went your route or just kept to this script i think there were probably more chances i'm wondering if this because he also had his own tv show for a minute like yeah i wonder great. if he just had his own desire to kind of like do something creative that was separate from that but like i don't know i agree with you like it was so funny and perfect and spot on and my god the music video and like also just the idea that that song was like about mtv right like the i want my mtv stuff and like music television and we're talking about this like weird uhf television stuff like is such a fun yeah. um parody on itself but i agree with you i feel like there were probably more opportunities within the film itself to to do more with it so we've talked about what the movie isn't. I guess we'll talk about now what the movie is. Sure. Um, it begins with a, a fairly spot-on parody of the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know why, because at this point, like Raiders of the Lost Ark was like seven, eight years old at that point. So it was like it was it wasn't like it was timely. Um uh but it's it's pretty spot on. Um uh with him, of course as uh as as indiana jones and then these two random guys uh you know being his uh, hispanic uh guides through the woods there's the the one guy who's uh definitely a criminal who pulls a gun on him uh and uh and he turns around and just like um indy does harrison ford in the original movie he uses his whip 
to knock the gun out of his hand. Did I say knock the gun out of his hand? I meant like completely amputate his arm. And I don't know if you noticed this, Kate, but I noticed it the first time I saw this movie and every time since, and it always kills me because I know it's intentional because that's who Weird Al Yankovic is. The guy pulls a gun with his left hand and holds it out. And then he's he whips, he whips him, and then the whole arm drops to the ground. And when it does, it is quite obviously a right arm holding the gun like this. Um, and it's it's great because they could have used the left arm sure. of a mannequin, and it was not a mistake. They said it would be it would be even funnier if we if he whipped the wrong hand. And, and and this time I was watching it, going like, this is a really long dream sequence. Um, I was, was this is a really long um, fake movie scene, and it's not a fake movie scene. It's 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 a daydream that he's having. Um, but I, I forgot about how this really, there's so little of it that's actually, uh, himself doing anything in the real world. It's, it's all like in his own mind. Um, but he, he goes into the, to the cave, uh, with the guy. He says, no, you cannot go any further, senor. Uh, that, that sign, it means we should not go any further. And so that guy leaves, and he backs out of the cave, and as he stands there in the, in the cave entrance, he is run over by a train. <laughs> and it There's is, also a million signs that just say wrong way. Well, that's a, yeah. there's the thing, is that after that guy leaves and gets by a train, then Weird Al proceeds, and he walks by, uh, do, do, do not enter, wrong way, uh, do, do not back up, severe tire damage, all of these signs as he walks past. We we cannot go any further, senor. Look at the sign. We cannot leave. And it's not like a sign, but it's a sign. Yeah. Um, uh, that's great. And the thing that he that he comes upon is is not a golden idol, but it is uh, an Oscar. So in some ways, it is a golden idol. Um, and it is a, an unobtainable object. Uh, and then he uh, he runs away uh, from a, from the boulder with the Oscar. Uh, and the boulder follows him uh, through very bad green screen all over uh, the world. Uh, and then eventually uh, he gets so tired from running away from the boulder that he falls down and is uh, run over, is rolled over by the boulder uh, and becomes uh, like a greasy spot on the, on the, gra on the ground. Um, it was at the wrong way sign that I remembered how much that this reminded me of like because I had forgotten before. I remember that there were a ton of parodies, but like the that same type of sense of humor that was like the Naked Gun movies yep. and Airplane. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much in yep. that same vein this movie is. And I love I love comedy like that. Airplane's one of my favorites, especially. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we realized that it's just him. He's had this, I don't know, Six and a half minute fantasy sequences played out in his brain while he is manning the grill at a burger joint. Um, and uh, Burger World, I think it was. Yeah, called. I believe it was Ed, Ed Big Edna's Burger World. <laughs> and then he talks some shit about Big Edna. Uh, he does, frankly, does a little bit of body shaming. It's true. 
It was right. 1989. It was. Um, and then Big Edna overhears him and his best friend, Ed. I don't remember what the best friend's name is. Um, and That'd be pretty uh, lazy Bob, Bob, Bob. And Big Edna throws, uh, fires both uh, Weird Al Yankovic and Bob. Um, by fires, I mean literally throws them uh, across the parking lot. Um, and then uh, Weird Al goes back to Bob's apartment um, to talk about where they should apply for a job next because Weird Al keeps getting them fired um, uh, because he daydreams too much and I guess, you know, insults the people who work there. Also, there's a... Getty Watanabe uh, from uh, 16 Candles, I think, um, is uh, is a neighbor who runs a, a very violent uh, karate instruction school. Yes. Uh, where I forgot are, that are, this cast was such cracker yeah. jacks, too, in general. Uh, literally being punching through walls. And that's how uh, Weird Al Yankovic says, oh, my God, look at the time. By looking at, at the watch. On a, on a man's arm that is punched through the wall uh, and he has to leave. And he is dating, I believe living with uh, Victoria Jackson uh, from SNL. Now, since then, she's lost her mind and gone absolutely way off the deep end. But at the time, she was the, she was a darling of SNL uh, and, um, and, and she's his very put-upon girlfriend. Um, and uh, and she wishes that he would be, you know, hold down a steady job and be somebody that she could rely on. But, you know, he can't because, you know, he's got dreams. He's got all these um, big dreams, man. He leaves dinner with Victoria Jackson. I believe her name is Terry. And goes to his aunt's place. I think that's who this is. Yeah. Aunt. And, uh, and she... Uh, is very sympathetic to his plight, but knows that he'll get another job. Um, and uh, and then Uncle Harvey, who was a degenerate gambler, but he's on a he's on a hot streak, wins the deed to a UHF station in town, and he's planning on selling it, but his his wife, Aunt whatever her name is, convinces him to uh, make. Weird Al, whose name is George Newman, uh, which is just a weird. <laughs> All right, um, George to make George uh, the manager of said station and basically run the station. Um, uh, but it's it's a failing enterprise; it'll never get off the ground. Nobody watches the, the, U sixty two, um, and there's no chance. Um, and uh, so Weird Al goes there with Bob. Bob, I guess, is going to work there with him. And they meet Fran Drescher, the nanny, who's just who's like pre-nanny fame. God, uh, so good um, in all of this. She was also in Spinal Tap and phenomenal yes, in that, yes. I, oh, yeah. I thought, like, uh, scene stealer. But it, it is funny to see her not in the role that she's best known for right. anytime in, in these little movies. Um, and she's there and she's the secretary, but she was hired years ago and told that she was going to be like 
that like the number one ace news reporter, but there is no news desk. Um, so this is, I think, where we find our first um, glimpse into Channel 8, the big corporate uh, affiliate. They don't say if it, what, what network is the affiliate for. Um, uh, uh, run by Kevin McCarthy from Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Inner Space and all kinds of movies. Uh, shout out to his daughter, who I went to college with. Tess, oh. if you're out there somewhere watching this, How's it going, Tess? God bless uh, you. <laughs> uh, uh, good, good, good friend uh, in college. Tess he's McCarthy. great too. Uh, yeah, he he's uh, yes, uh, he's he's very 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 good in these these movies. I love I loved him in Inner Space, which is another great weird weird ass movie. We probably will have to watch Inner Space at some point, just because I would like to watch Inner Space, and then we can watch Inner Space and talk about Inner Space. Um, but this, um, he's. Uh, He's evil, obviously. He's obviously evil. Um, and he's got a bunch of um, sycophantic yes-men, who, uh, including one of them who is his own son, uh, who, who will, you know, uh, he can bark orders at. He fires the janitor for losing a very important report. The janitor, of course, is played by Michael Richards, who played Kramer. Like this cast is ridiculous. Too good. I'm yeah. gonna say too good for this movie. Um, not I also because I like I remember seeing this movie, but I don't. I it was a long time ago. I I did not remember how like crackerjack this cast was for something that I think it's fair to say is probably like cult classicy. If if yeah. you could even go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the budget could have possibly been on a movie like this, but like, yeah, this was pre everybody's stardom, clearly. Yeah, like, uh, clearly, yeah. clearly, yeah. Um, it, but anyway, uh, this is Michael Ray Richards' best performance. He's better than Kramer here. Like, it's unbelievable. Stanley Spadowski is the most earnest and truthful um, uh, portrayal of uh, a developmentally disabled adult i think i may have ever seen <laughs> like honest to god he's it, just it, he's it really so, is. it's it's uh it's there, there does not feel like there is there is an ounce of judgment in the portrayal of the character mm -hmm. uh it's just this guy who's just so loves being a janitor um and uh um and and has a knack for this other thing that we find out later what he's so great at but um, he gets fired unjustly because it turns out uh, Kevin McCarthy was sitting on the report the entire time. Um, George Newman is there to, uh, the, for some reason, the, the, the mailman delivered something uh, mistakenly to U62 that should have gone to Channel 8. So he was there to, uh, to, to, to turn it in, I guess. Uh, and that's when he meets uh, Stanley Spadowski, Kramer, Michael Richards, um, and uh, and hires him to be the janitor at U sixty two, and that's how the whole thing uh, starts. Um, uh, yes, yeah, he also meets um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's just a an asshole all around, but. It thinks he stole the report. Right. Like, that's yeah. that is that's his first thing and 
versus a uh, uh, deal there. Um, I will say a symptom of 1989, not the most diverse cast in the world. A lot of white people and white old guys. However, a bunch of radio executives, it makes sense that they're a bunch of like average. That that would have been true to the time. (laughs) Uh, I believe there's uh, one black cast member who is the uh, morbidly obese cameraman for U62. Yes. Uh, who at one point gets his own show on yes. on the net, on the network, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's so he's they start trying to figure out a way to like make U sixty two into um, into a viable program so that they wouldn't lose money. Bob crunches the numbers and says, "We're going to be flat broke by the end of the week." So. Um, this is along, this is around the time they start seeing like commercial parodies and, um, weird, like, like the normal type of UHF stuff, uh, that you would normally see, which is one we see, uh, George, we Yankovic interviewing what we are told is the high school shop teacher, uh, played by the, uh, brilliant wacky uh stand-up comedian emo phillips um and if you've heard emo phillips speak you know exactly what that is um and uh and of course to prove like showing off this is what a table saw does he uh he amputates his own thumb and uh there's blood everywhere and uh whoa whoa it's my face red. <laughs> um, and he's just, he's the crazy Emo Phillips. But, but. And like a, my finger sprung a leak kind right. of bleeding. Like yeah. to go along with it. It's perfect. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that will happen. Um, but he, uh, but the, the, the parody is what happens. But the actual thing of, I'm here with the local high school shop teacher is absolutely an interview that would happen on a UFA on a UHF station. Um, which is just, which is why they're so, so weird and why nobody <laughs> watched UHF. Um, uh, but, uh, so he's trying to find different things that work. Like there's a uncle Nutsy's Funhouse, which is a kid's show. And the kids who are there are not happy to be in the audience. Uh, and this is this is weird. I think about trying to be Uncle Nutsy or whatever, and it's not working all that all that great for him. Um, this is also uh, where he somehow he sends word via a commercial commercial. Uh, it's a it's a static piece of paper in front of the camera. Um, and then his own voice over the airwaves saying to his dental hygienist girlfriend, bring your mom and dad to the fanciest French restaurant in town and I'll meet you there to take you out for your birthday. Um, and then somehow after having sent that, he forgets that he sent that and also forgets that it was her birthday and leaves them sitting there alone uh, until late into the night. Uh, when he realizes that, oh no, I forgot all about it, and then it's uh, she calls the station, 
from the uh, from the payphone and says, "From now on, you can forget all of my birthdays because we're through." And so he goes into a deep, dark depression, um, uh, and uh, he says, uh, "Hey, hey, Stanley Spadowski, hey, Michael Richards, hey, Kramer, would you like your own show? Great, your uncle Nutsy now, uh, you can do your show." Um, what does it matter? We're going to be broke by the end of the week anyway. I don't care. I need a drink. You don't drink. I have a meeting to start. <laughs> and uh, they, they they walk, I don't know, across the street to a bar filled with patrons. And they're all watching on the TV. Uh, Stanley Spadowski, who's a natural at hosting a kid's show because he talks and thinks like them. Um and um it is incredible what an innocence it was played with like yeah. michael richards was really really um in again a decade at a time that right. was probably getting off on making fun of things like right. this like an excellent honest portrayal it's really sweet yeah um and so he becomes such a sensation that the entire station starts raking in ad revenue and money and all this stuff. And they ha start having all these new shows. Um, oh, including, I forget. Um, uh, now there's a news show hosted by Fran Drescher where she does on the, on the spot reporting and all this kind of stuff. There's a practical jokes show starring said uh, morbidly obese uh, black cameraman where he just trips people coming out of the supermarket, and uh, and that's that's the whole practical joke show. There's a sh there's a show with a guy named Raul, I think, who's a who's a who's likes animals, and it's shot in his apartment, and he just keeps throwing dogs out the window, and they don't land so good, and it's a very odd little show. Um, He's like, hey, little Fluffy, I'm going to teach you how to fly today. And then yeah. throws the dog out the window and just goes, oh, no, basically. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. funny. I mean, it starts innocently enough. Like, hey, I want to introduce you to this turtle. Here's a turtle. He's got these stubby little legs, and he's got this house that he lives in. It's a shell, but it's really his house. I'm like, hey, that's good. That's educational for the kids. And he's like throwing dogs out the window. We're like, okay, now, now we lost you. Um, I think it's Bob and and George both look yeah. at each other and basically are like, "Where'd you find this guy?" And he's like, "I thought I, you hired." I him. thought you hired. <laughs> they realized they never great, hired. Great him. gag, great <laughs> gag. Um, uh, there's uh, a few more like little these little parodies of things. Um, uh, uh, Gandhi too, where where Gandhi. Gives up his life of being um, uh, a, a peace activist and decides to become a hard-bitten cop in the big city. Uh, 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 these are things that that are, are were, were a lot of these deals feel like they are uh, are rejected um, SNL skits um, and like you know. Uh, I don't know if that was going to work. Okay, great. I'll keep it in my back pocket and later I'll make a movie and. Um, so there's, all of this is happening. And then, um, <laughs> uh, oh, there's a, there's a, a very, um, ominous bookie that works with uncle Harvey named big Louie. Um, 
and uh, who's like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, except he doesn't have a cat in his lap. Um, and, and, uh, and he, um, he basically says, Hey, hey uh, uh, uncle Harvey, you lost a big on the ponies. So, uh, you need to come up with $75,000, uh, in two days or, uh, I'll, I'll kill you. Um, and uncle Harvey has decided, uh, well, no, why, why am I going to get $75,000? And, um, U62 is now number one in the ratings. So also in this scene, though, I love that um, two things. One, uh, the uncle is just on the phone in the pool. Yes. Which is, <laughs> keep in mind, pre-cell phone, like mm. huge cordless phone drops it in the pool, but it's still working. And then yep. the bookie um, in place of a hand can also put like a, a cleaver. Mm -hmm. And to imply that he's going to kill him, he puts his cleaver hand and chops like uh basically a salami or a tube yeah. of meat or whatever mm -hmm. um but you see him change his hand into yes. a cleaver and it's just a really funny scene yeah. <laughs> um uh but this is coincides with um the uh, kevin mccarthy being told that uh that U62 is now number one in the ratings, beating Channel 8. Um, everyone is watching U62 because uh, they are a sensation now. And they uh, also, in an earlier scene, sorry to interrupt, no, but please do. they tried to warn um, him basically that Channel U, or U62 is, is coming up. Um, and it's like this ad exec in a cowboy hat with a mustache. And uh, he kicks him out of the office and says, and take that ridiculous thing off. And he takes off his mustache and not mm -hmm. cowboy hat. It's like, such a stupid, fun detail that I was like, this is guy. like airplane so much to me. That red of like the, yeah. these lights are blinking out of sequence. What do we do? Make them blink in sequence or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like all that yeah. silliness. Um, uh, so I, uh, um, they, uh, so anyway, um what we we got to get rid of these uh, this u62 uh uh i know what i'll do find out who owns u62 and i'll buy it from them and so he happens to call uh uncle harvey who just found out that he needs seventy five thousand dollars, so he's gonna buy it and um uh and then he shows up the next day kevin mccarthy does uh to sell George, basically, where Al Yankovic, I'm going to turn your place into a parking lot, whatever. So, um, Aunt Shirley, I don't know what her name is. Aunt Shirley says, "How dare you sell to that bad man? You gotta, you gotta give George a chance to 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 get it done, to to come with the money himself." So Uncle Harvey has is has to give because his wife says so. Has to give George two days to come up with the money. To, to buy U62 himself. How are we going to do that? It's not possible. Um, by the way, Kevin McCarthy, finding out that he reneged on, on a, Uncle Harvey reneged on an oral contract is very, very upset by this. Yes. Um, uh, but they decide they're going to do a telethon. Um, there's a, 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 I skipped over this part, but it doesn't really matter. 
earlier in the sh in the thing there was the very extended um beverly hillbillies dire straits parody which was just him literally asleep at his desk at this place um, it's just a daydream yeah just that's all it was i should also mention there's a guy who works at at the uhf station at u62 he's the engineer he's the guy who like he's the guy in the truck right uh but it's not a truck it's a back room um and he's got wacky hair and a little beard um and he's very odd um uh he's a mad scientist he's a mad reason. scientist character yeah. type of thing um at one point because he knows that um that, that uh we gotta we gotta find a way to keep an eye on on this on this kevin mccarthy character because he's he, he we don't trust him so this guy this crazy dude with the hair mad scientist fella somehow gets in the crawl space above kevin mccarthy's office and plants a camera in there to watch him to literally watch him um that's such a weird weird character he looks very what's his name from back to the future yeah christopher lloyd doc, yeah a little doc brownie uh, a little doc brown in there um so they decided to run a telethon which of course is hosted by stanley spadowski and uh they are uh not taking donations they are selling shares in the uhf thing for ten dollars a piece so they're going to sell 7500 of them at ten dollars a piece and that's how they're going to make seventy five thousand dollars um uh so they uh they're doing great they're making they're making really good money in the first few hours uh but then uh they decide that they're going to kidnap stanley spadowski uh because he's their star uh so they sent a bunch of toughs a bunch of hoods a bunch to of pay them a visit i love like them. the language that was we're gonna, I, but I, we're gonna go pay him a visit um <laughs> And uh, they kidnap Sonny Spadowski, but they do it in such a great way. It's such a funny thing. We got a pizza here for Stanley Spadowski. Oh, I love pizza. And uh, and he opens the door and immediately is kidnapped. And uh, and then there's like they cut to uh, like a, a two guys in the front, two guys in the back, and Stanley Spadowski with a, with a bandana loosely tied over his eyes. And he's got his handcuffed behind his back. He's just talking about how much he loves pizza. Uh, and like, oh, I love pizza. I love anchovies and all these kind of things that, that he loves on pizza. They say, you guys aren't from the pizza company at all, are you? <laughs> After the longest time of him not realizing what the hell's going on. Uh, it was very, very good. Um, uh, they take him to some warehouse somewhere. And he annoys them so much uh, that they have to put him in a closet uh it's really dark in here <laughs> it's very very uh very yeah just very good stuff um and there's one guy who's like stanley i'm trying really hard to keep these other guys from literally shooting you you have to <laughs> all you gotta do is just shut up and when the when this when the time limit is over then we'll let you out but you just got to shut up. I just like I loved him like trying to be the reasonable one who won't let the other guys shoot Stanley. I thought that was great. Um, and of course, without Stanley, 
the, the telethons going to hell. Nobody cares. Nobody's nobody wants to buy He's shares. The star, in this thing. Yeah. He's the big star. So um uh this guy, I can't remember his name. I don't know maybe I'll have to look it up because mad scientist guy, Doc Brownie guy. Yes. Uh uh is able to see with the with the um with <clears throat> with a little camera in the office that they have uh Stanley Spadowski taken prisoner. And so he tells um, uh, George Will Yankovic about this. And so he's like, I'll take care of it. And so he runs across town. And while he's running, he has a daydream that he is Rambo. And and <laughs> some of those things are like, I don't I don't know exactly if this worked, but I do admit I do admire their commitment to the bit. Because they put um, uh, Weird Al in a really good-looking for 1989 muscle suit, like that th- that that would look pretty pretty damn realistic for what it was supposed to be. It looked like he was in a body cast more than a suit. Like it was very for yep. 1989. Good for present day would no. look no. like hamburger meat. Right? No, it's not great. He um, looked like the end of Ric Flair's career, where he looked like a melted candle. It was kind of like that, yeah. but he's but trying ripped. to be Stallone, so kind of. Oh, it, it worked, yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, he's got the he's got the bandana t- little thing tied around his neck, um, and so uh, uh, he he of course uh, when he's sneaking into a to to a, sneaking into a prisoner of war camp to to rescue Stanley Spadowski in this daydream, mind you, um, along the way. Um, he is able to kill a man with an explosive tipped arrow from <laughs> six inches away as the man <laughs> fires an AK-47 at him and misses everything. Uh, and then uh, he's able to get Stanis Podowski out uh, and get him back to a chopper. And uh, then a whole line of guys appear on a ridge. They're all going to shoot at him. So then he grabs a giant machine gun out of the chopper and goes, and they all fall down. At the same time. That was my favorite part. They all collapse at the same time. Uh, And then one guy's still alive, so he just blows him up. (laughs) Just just blows him to smithereens. Um, And my favorite part about this whole thing is that in the daydream, Stanley Spadowski is Stanley Spadowski. Like, oh. Yes. Oh, Wow. Like <laughs> great stuff, uh, and um, they uh, they finally uh, get in the chopper and leave, and that I guess is the cue to um, uh, end the daydream, and George Newman shows up at the office uh, where they're holding Stan Spadowski prisoner, and just says, "I'm your worst nightmare." Uh, and then they put guns in his face. He's like, "Oh, actually, no, I'm not." Um, so never I never called what, the cops. In the no, whole no, nope, nope, never, never once reported it or anything. So went over there to actually just try and get him out the old-fashioned way. Um, and uh, and this is where I must have dozed off. How did the hell did they get out of that situation? Oh, with 
like just the funniest escape scene from Michael Richards. Like he just um, gets out of the closet and is like crawling under people's legs. And he no, makes that's it how they got from the warehouse to the office, which I guess I missed. That's how they got from the warehouse to the office. And now I forget how they got. Oh, that's wow. Um, because I forgot to mention this. Remember Getty, Getty Watanabe from, from before? <laughs> oh, West, that's the, right. He's got his own show on UHF. Of course it is. Apparently, uh, he didn't have um, a uh, – uh, he didn't call the cops, but he called Getty Watanabe, who brought all of his uh, chop sake students, and, uh, and, and they decided to kung fu – uh, all the bad guys with guns, and uh, and that's how they got out of the thing. They actually drive away in a series of vehicles um, that are all filled to the brim with uh, with guys in karate geese, and they show up just in time. Um, and uh, and they have and Michael Richards is able to sell a whole bunch of more shares. Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy shows up with his suitcase full of cash um and um uncle harvey's there and it's like hey we're we're gonna be a little late but we're definitely gonna have the money like but then big louie's limo pulls up and a big louie is absolutely going to chop off all of uncle harvey's limbs in the middle of this very crowded parking lot with literally hundreds of witnesses who have all showed up waving $10 bills in the air so they can buy a share. Um, and uncle Harvey doesn't think to like, I don't know, go inside the building right behind him and lock the door just long enough for, uh, for weird Al to get, get enough money. Cause they're at like $73,140 or whatever. Um, he's like, I guess the only thing I have to do is to sell to uh, <laughs> to sell to Kevin McCarthy. Um, so Kevin McCarthy, uh, oh, the weird the the mad scientist guy records Kevin McCarthy saying mean things about the town. This community means about as much to me as a festering bowl of dog snot. <laughs> a festering bowl All of dog snot. People who live here are idiots. He cut he cuts a hell of a wrestling heel promo. He does. Everybody who lives in this town is fat, and they smell bad because this town smells bad. So the stink of this town gets all over the fat people who live here. Um <laughs> It's, it's it's very very it does a whole thing. So at one point he decides to, in a plea to get everyone to stop donating to the to the telethon, he decides he's going to do a special commentary on Channel Eight, and Doc Brown guy, like supersedes it, like like ends that feed and puts in the feed of this guy when he thought nobody was watching, talking about the bowl of dog snot, the heel wrestling promo. It's also so funny because when you see him back, like doing his mad scientist work, like there's tubes of chemicals and stuff, like completely unrelated to anything like technology-wise. No, no. He's always doing some like chemical experiment. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, he's a genius in this way too, I guess. Right, exactly. Um, so that's why this guy has to resort to spending $75,000. Um, but I'm going to get on the microphone and I'm going to tell these people what I really think of them. Uh, so he does that while um, they actually get over the hump of $75,000 because, and I should probably mention this, there's a homeless guy who appears throughout the movie asking for change. And uh, at one point, Kevin McCarthy gives the guy one penny. And and he, uh, we think the joke is that he goes, oh, gee, thanks, mister. Wow. Thanks so much for this penny. And you think, oh, the guy's a little crazy. He's gone a little off. He's a little insane, a little, little crazy because he, because he, you shouldn't be celebrating getting a penny. But the reason he's celebrating is because apparently he's a coin collector and he recognizes that it's like a double face uh, Lincoln from 1955 or whatever. And it's worth thousands of dollars. And so he sold it to get all this money. And that's why he wants to buy all these shares uh, of, of this place. So his, his buying of the shares puts them over the top. And I think earlier we know he's not just asking for money because doesn't he say do you have any change yes and weird al gives him four quarters and he goes here's a dollar i yeah. think that happens yeah. earlier so he's like literally asking for That's change the first which I time we ever funny. saw him he's like change yeah. mr you got any change sir and it gives him four quarters like and he goes like and thanks mr and gives him a dollar back so he's Which just is so great because it's like he's literally asking for change. Just looking for change. <laughs> change for a dollar. He's trying to do his laundry. He's trying to do his laundry. <laughs> gonna gonna go down to the go 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 down to the little uh, those little old things they used to have uh, where you could like put in a couple of quarters and po- open the thing and get a newspaper out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he just wants to look at the want ads. He's That's just awesome. being a, he's being a, he's, yeah. Anyway, um, so. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy uh, doesn't get to sell the the deed, doesn't get to buy the deed because um, uh, Uncle Harvey sells it to George while Kevin McCarthy is looking at it happen over there and they pay off Big Louie and Big Louie leaves and, and Kevin McCarthy has nothing to show for it and he gets kicked in the balls, uh, I believe, by Fran Drescher think yes because she's because, doing her on the spot reporting yeah and and earlier in the in the in the in the movie he says something very very uh uh women don't sexist. belong in this yeah. yeah um uh yeah that that whole thing so so she gets him back um and uh and yeah everybody everybody wins especially because uh old uh, doc brown guy walks up to um to uh oh terry has decided to take uh weird al back um and yes. so he walks up to terry and weird al and says thank you i have to go to my home planet now <laughs> and uh my my plant my home planet needs me my work here is done and weird Al's like okay thanks for dropping by have i fun. guess yeah. have fun and then he walks away and you can see like his face changes and he's actually an alien and then he gets beamed up to his own planet. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's but just... we also have to talk about the Michael Richards escape scene. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, my favorite part of it is he's just like, 
they've established that he's like not all mentally there, but mm -hmm. he's just like able to, in the least clever way possible, escape all these guys. Yeah. Um, by like going through again, not acrobatic at all, just like crawling under their legs. And at one point, he escapes into the next room and he puts a chair under the door to jam the mm -hmm. door, but it's too short of a chair. <laughs> Like it doesn't actually go up to the doorknob. So he just opens it a couple times to knock him out. And the final time he's just like, aha. And then leaves. It's just like the most fun um, 007 escape scene with nothing clever or convincing about it. Like it's, it's absolutely hilarious. So that was my favorite part of him like, getting away from the criminals was just like when he went to put that chair that was too short under the doorknob i was in stitches i thought it was so funny <laughs> yeah uh it was it's great it was a great one uh, uh the the very very good physical comedy i know like michael richard's physical comedy you you wouldn't think no um, yeah but uh but yeah it's 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 very very good so that's how they get that's how they get from the warehouse into the office which is how Doc Brown guy sees them in the office camera, which is how he's able to alert Weird Al Yankovic, yes. who brings a whole team of karate guys with him to <laughs> rescue Michael Richards so that they can finish the telethon so they can buy this the station so that they uh so the UHF station won't uh, won't be bought out by evil Kevin McCarthy. It's a it's a very straight up, very easy to follow uh storyline. Uh, just like all movies, uh, you know, um, it, it is, uh, it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a movie entirely of its era that honestly, like by the time it reached any kind of cult status, um, UHF was just like the actual UHF stuff was in the rear view mirror because like 89 by 92 like cable was everywhere everybody had cable um so like by that point like nobody knew what uhf was so it was hard to like have it be a thing um of where people like remember something fondly and go like yes i still identify with that and years it, down the line because you just can't it hit this like weird in between period two where the internet was not something that was widely accessible or available yep. so it's not like people were looking it up either it's kind of That's funny true. we did team america last week and we're doing this this week and i know what we're doing next week we don't have to announce it if you don't want right. to but right. it's three uh weeks in a row of something that's like highly parody which is fun yeah, so that'll true. be that's a that's a fun little run that we're on because I love things that are parody, but this was by far like um the most like cult classic y mm -hmm. I don't want to say low reaching because I don't want it to seem like it it's it's definitely not lazy and it's definitely not like low brow in any means, but I probably the most surface level. Um because there's so many parodies of that are widely recognizable. And there's just the Rambo scene, the Indiana Jones scene. Like they're so, they hit you over the head with it the entire mm -hmm. time. And it's, it's fun. It's a fun little watch. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, if, if somehow uh, you've, you've reached this point in 2022 and you're a huge, and you, 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 you like Weird Al at all. 
and you haven't seen this movie, I feel like you owe it to yourself to watch it and see what they were trying to do to get Weird Al over as a top <laughs> star in the business at that time. Um, because it, it, it did feel a little misguided. Like, I know I think he was trying to branch out and be something else, but it's weird when, when you're the very best to ever, ever do something, which is parody songs. No one's ever done it that like that, ever. To say, hey, I don't want to do that right now. I want to see if I can do something else. Don't be surprised if the th other thing you want to try, you're not nearly as good at as the other thing. Um, and like and 1989, he was white hot on that too. Like right. you said, like he was coming out like album uh, after album after album. Like all, they're all bangers. Yeah. You know, and so that's the other thing is that is that having him because uh, he also not a great actor. Like he's a fine parodist. But like when he's trying to like, it, like, just have a conversation with another character, I feel like he doesn't know what he's gonna do with his hands a lot, and he just kind of like, wow, well, I don't know. And so sometimes like he resorts to like comical overacting when the scene actually requires him to just be a regular dude. Just yeah, you know be I mean? a person. Yeah, it's and kind so, of in a different way. Reminds me of. Like Seinfeld was not a good actor on Seinfeld, but like he clearly had the mind for the comedic side of it. Um, I'm just looking at Weird Al's discography and he, God, just like he had albums in 83, 84, 86. I wish this was in order. Um, 83, 84, 86, 88. Man. 92 and this came out in 89 so he went from like three albums in a row to a movie back to and off the deep end was 92 so yeah. my goodness yeah like even worse was the one that had fat um mm -hmm. gosh lasagna was probably one of his most famous ones right my word <laughs> la 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 lasagna yeah. Um, uh, just all, crazy. Like, also, like he, like he parodied the Kinks's in hindsight transphobic Lola with a song called Yoda, and it was perfectly done as a, as a parody of Star Wars and everything Star Wars esque. Um, like it's just. It's it's crazy. Uh, some of the stuff that came out of his brain was like, oh yeah, I know what I'll turn this very famous song into. This other thing that doesn't make any sense, but it's it's absolutely perfect. Well, uh, he did more Star Wars. Remember, he did this here Anakin guy as American Pie. Yeah, like yeah. just crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, that 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 was yes, that was yeah. Um, yeah, he he had he had an. I mean the, the the first one they ever he ever did though, the the one that, that got him on the map originally. You know what that was? Um, I do, but I can't remember. Was it? It was a food one. M -m -m my Bologna. There, yeah. It was it was a song. It was My Sharona by the Knack, but it was M -m -m my Bologna. My my all time favorite one 
is uh is uh, honestly one of my ultimate ones because i love the original song is uh is uh instead of the eye of the tiger it's the rye or the kaiser <laughs> come up with an entirely new sequel to rocky where rocky gets old and fat and and buys a deli and it's it's just so rich with imagery and you can totally see like what would actually happen it like the, it, hey the, the champ like he stopped he stopped boxing he got fat got to do something he bought a deli um and just the way that he he weaves all the stories together uh he's just so so funny and so smart because it, it takes a, a really great brain to come up with all of that stuff and then the talent to be able to play it like you could like i could write a, a parody song occasionally but i couldn't play any instruments to like actually make the music but he plays like six so like he's just he's just crazy smart and smoothly talented people underestimate um like how complex an accordion is of an instrument to play oh, like dynamics side keyboards like it, there's it's a it's it looks easy because there's so much just like action but it is that is a tough instrument that people don't give enough credit for um i mean smells like teen spirit is probably my favorite can't right. watch this as a classic like there's so many um yeah. Can't watch. Can't this. watch this. Do 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 do. Um, it's but yeah, hard it's to weird. Arg nargles out <laughs> with all these marbles in my mouth. Oh my god! Like that one's so. Oh god! It, like the execution of that is, is just—he's really, really smart. And what's so funny with UHF? To your point, is like they just don't lean into what he's best at very much. <laughs> <laughs> but they also might not have, you know, I don't think anybody knew necessarily what they were getting with this, but this is one that, you know, we always ask the question of like, would you get the flick out of here or keep it? And I, for me, it's very, very situational. If you partake in cannabis, I feel like you would have a hell of a time with this. Um, and if you have ample time to waste, I, would say watch it because this was like only an hour and 37 minutes. I think it felt really long and I felt like the whole thing could have been like 45 minutes like <laughs> because there's daydreaming sequences and there's so many like stop and stall parody things that I was just like the plot was like really, really stretched out here. I felt like in a lot of spots, but it was a fun watch. I'm certainly not like get the flick out of here with any intensity, but the circumstances just definitely have to be right to to watch it. I would say. Yeah, um, I I would say it 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 stands uh, as a um, like a time capsule. Yes. Of a of like a just the whole thing of what a UHF station even is is just I think it's actually explored kind of kind of well within the confines of the movie um, uh, and also uh, what the kind of hot streak that that weird al was on as a performer that people were like yes let's invest in a movie to make this guy a star without him singing anything except for like once uh is a crazy statement it's kind of interesting to like watch to see what they were trying to do with him 
and also uh it just it turns out to be a vehicle for a bunch of like other people that you recognize elsewhere yes. in the cast some of some of whom had never like like you know it like in three years time kramer was one of the biggest stars on television like michael richard one of the biggest stars on television uh so it's kind of crazy how how fast that happened by that point also like one of the nannies start like 93 that's why i was just looking up spinal tap was wait, wait, 82 or whatever 82 right? yeah let me 84, see 84 84 um but like when i'm sorry yeah the album came out in 82 the movie yeah. came out in 84 the nanny started what year 93 so 93. it's like yeah. four years later she's she's got her own show on cbs that ran for what 400 episodes really long like a really long, long ass time that she was on 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 tv herself and all that's the like my comfort show i loved the nanny oh it's so one note and i love it so much it's Mr. like Sheffield. Is he single and Jewish and a doctor? Like, just so many, <laughs> so many jokes like that. Like, but it's like putting on an old sweater yeah. or uh, a bowl of go. mac and cheese, watching yeah. the nanny. Like, it just. Uh, uh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's uh, so. I, I, the, I. That's why all those for all those reasons, I can't. I can't say get the flick out of here because sure. uh, even though the movie I think is wanting in a lot of ways. Um it's 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 like a it is it's a time capsule and such a weird thing of like being able to see people before they were something else uh entirely before they were stars um uh yeah and like you said uhf was such a short-lived thing it would be like if they made a movie just about instant messenger or whatever you know what i mean where it was like this is like four years that anyone's gonna remember anything of um, oh yeah that's great just wild AI am the movie. <laughs> um, what's your away message? Is the is the tagline. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, just it uh, kind of reminds me of the net with with Sandra Bullock, where it's like the internet is evil. We don't know how it works, but but the internet is evil. Look. Sandra Bullock is scared of the net. Um, I didn't. I didn't know that was a movie. Oh, the net. Oh, yeah. That's where. Uh, it, 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 it's just kind of right. It's like, well, yeah. Kind of evil sometimes. It, it's kind of evil sometimes. It's just. I think it's just like, oh, there are hackers everywhere, and they're going to get you. Sandra Bullock is basically the the premise of the movie, The Net. Um, I I love uh, how from like 1995 until really like 2010 so like computers were just magic so many screenwriters like like writing movies that were bought and made from 95 to 2010 when the internet was still like getting going some of the screenwriters were like born in 1955 and had no concept of what they they don't they right they were writing their freaking shit on typewriter final draft what the they, fuck they is that no <laughs> idea what the hell any of it is but so like ah the internet you know oh the, i heard a guy got on the internet and he was able to like and it's just all all of it is just computers are magic 
And it's like, that's not how that works, but that's how they wrote it. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll have to watch the net one time. Maybe. We have to, we have to do this again. We have to do these like, I don't know, 40 more of these are, are, are requested because we're doing, <laughs> for, we have a one year contract. So that's right. At some, at some point we'll do the net. I don't know when. Yeah. Next, at some point we have to do uh you explain something to me. Like I did to you with the battle bath. That's true. That's true. So we'll sure. have to pick one of those out. Yeah. Do you want to announce what next week is? Well, I was going to say next week is uh, a very special Shark Week episode, and so I'll just leave it at that, and then we'll we'll come back here next week to do that. So, uh, Kate, where can they find you if they want to find you? Oh, you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on the internet or Kate Instagrams on Instagram. And you can also find me on Fightful Tuesdays and Fridays and the Mark Order podcast on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps, doing all manner of things on the Fightful uh, dot com <laughs> and, uh, and everything else. Um, so hang out with us uh, elsewhere if you so desire. Uh, and then we'll be back next week um uh trying to, to decide wh- whether our our shark based uh film should get the flick out of here bye everybody r e s p e c t click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me now nah, that doesn't have a ring to it but if you like videos about real news stories that are funny stupid or weird subscribe now <laughs>